Welcome, everyone, to the Sickos Committee Podcast. This is our podcast for the evening of May 14th, 2023. I am all Eurovision through and through, so I'm, I've, I've been very good. Got to see the Croatian anti-fascist dancers. I got to watch my bae, Lorene, win. Unfortunately, Finland came in second, so we'll talk about that in a bit. So there was a lot of drama here. As always, I have with me Kamish and our people who we've given the keys to, and they just won't leave, <laughs> Beth and Pit Girl. So are you calling them podcast the- squatters? I'm going to change the locks yes. eventually, ladies. <laughs> what is the, what, what happens? They stay in the podcast for seven years. They get to claim it as theirs. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yes. Yeah, we, ha- we have tenants rights now. You can't okay. eject yeah. us. We've been around too long. I'm not going to live seven more years. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, they're like, going to ha- they can have it. <laughs> no, we're, we're common law married to the podcast at this point. Cause there that's how go. it works in Pennsylvania. Okay. Is it? <laughs> no, we got rid of common law in like the early nineties. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> The girls like nope. counting really she's fast. Like, wait a second. Like, yeah, like, like wait a second. Am I married until oh, no. this applies to me? <laughs> am I am I technically married now? According to the yeah, PA law. <laughs> I think at this point, Pickerel and I are just in the walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. You keep us from getting too uh... normal. <laughs> no, I was I was I was gonna say I was gonna say too like weird down weird rabbit holes because at least you take us to different rabbit holes. Okay, I was just about to say like. Have you, you met never, me? I don't know if you ever listened to the very first episode that Commission and I just did by ourselves. Oh, yeah. But it was, it was, yeah. There's a reason why we need other people on here. No. Yeah, no, that was that was back in the days whenever I would listen to this on my drive. and Almost <laughs> die in the woods, we yeah. Did so. a, we did an episode just me and you? The first one. Because yeah. we were telling when we were doing it. <laughs> just doesn't even remember. I don't, I mean. I just... we, didn't, we didn't tell anyone because we weren't even sure if it was going to work. So just you and I did it the very first episode, yeah. For real? Okay. I for, for, for sure real. we had a guest, but okay. Nope. It was just you and me. Oh, Lord. I don't have to go back and listen to that one. Don't. You guys are the guests. Don't, because I could, because let me tell you, I didn't know how to edit and I didn't know how to balance levels. So it was real rough. Oh, it was wonderful. You Uh-oh. guys were definitely building the plane Uh-oh. on do the we see? Hi, Julep. Pod dog. Hello. Where is she going? Julep, do you want out of the room or are you just going next to me? With me as always. I already said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just throw all this up. Uh, Beth, how are you? I have blood work in the morning because as the second oldest person on this podcast, that's how we roll. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, girl, how are you? I'm good. I went to see Muna in Harrisburg last night and someone threw their bra on stage in the middle of the set. Ooh, it was amazing. Delightful. Nice. Yes. What, what shirt are and you wearing tonight? I am wearing a Red Sox tank top. Oh, there we go. That's a weird way to celebrate the Celtics, but I'll allow it. I am not a Celtics fan. I do not watch the NBA. Go Joel Missoula. Just a general Boston fan. I'm a fan of the city of Boston. Mm. Kamesh, how are you? I, I had a, a really long and eventful weekend. I, I It was one of those weekends where you just do way too much stuff. Just very tired. Why did I decide to do this much stuff? Like halfway through the doing this stuff. What's the answer? Why did you do that, decide to do that much I, stuff? Again, it, it's kind of a weird week where it's my birthday, kiddos turning six, and then it's Mother's Day weekend. So it's, it's a bunch of different things that you had to do like this week is, is is rough for me personally and then also my grandfather's birthday too so it's just oh wow there's more it's too much too little time i'll jam packed in the weekend i'm glad it's not in like a crazy busy sports weekend but it, this you know the second week in may is is rough for the commission well let's talk about team turbo power and how it went because i thought it was gonna rain same um did it you didn't rain out no, honestly, I was hoping for rain because I was like, as I stated, we had, we had too much to do. And I was like, maybe the weather can save us from some of it. And the weather was like, no, that's fine. We'll just we'll just rain overnight and then not rain at all the next day when you said we we're going to rain all day the next day. But thank you so much. La Nina. 
so to speak. Yeah. Just not doing it. No, uh, Team Turbo Power. Fantastic. Another they were. Uh, thrilling game. In the beginning of the game, we went down 2 nothing, and I was like, uh-oh, we're in trouble here. I was like, hey, are we going to lose? And uh-oh. I, like immediately on the, the next kickoff, it's 2-1. And then right after that, it's 2-2. And I'm like, oh, oh, these these, these young five and six-year-olds, they, they bounce back mentally. And they were ready to go. <laughs> and they just kept going. Team Turbo just, you know, they, they waited a little bit to hit the NOS. But once they hit the NOS, they, they, were, they, were, <laughs> they were fast and furious. Yeah. And, and just flying towards and by, the And by NOS, you mean you were passing out whippets to everyone, being like, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Get the fat-free ready whip. Let's go. Coach. Uh, uh, Coach Kamish, what do you attribute the mental resiliency of your five and six year olds to? Like, is there is there something inspirational you felt like you brought that really got them to focus in? I, you know, I really got to give it to my son. He he brings the intangibles. Uh, he has a lot of heart. <laughs> he's he's kind of uh, you know heady and cerebral, and he plays the game the right mm-hmm. way. He's a grinder, and and I mean, really, nobody out hustles him. Okay. He he really okay. contributed well and and scored five goals on the day. Oh, a real student of the game, you might say. Real, student yeah. of the game. Yeah. High IQ, really. high soccer IQ. Do you think that there's any like is there any truth to the rumor that you're going to update some of your formations to include selmiosis or like are we still going to stick with the basic amoeba? <laughs> I mean, the, I I've I've advanced it to the amoeba one. And then we, okay. we moved it to the total amoeba football. The pseudopods. The pseudopods just, okay. just flowing everywhere. We and just suck that thing in like a vacuum. That's Got right. It. And, you know, they're just flowing, going out of bounds like it's nothing to get the ball against mm-hmm. the thing. You know, one kid kept getting stuck in the, the goal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Uh, it happened like four times. So the kid got stuck in the goal about four or five different times. And he would only say two phrases to me after he got after I got him off the goal, which he's doing it on purpose, you know. Just I, I don't. He would either tell me "I love you, coach," or he would tell me he beat Luigi's Mansion three different times. Okay, so, all important things. Very important, heat of the moment things that coach Coach Carlo Escalante needed to know, and and really Team Turbo Power won nine five. Uh, we, we we fell off a little scoring. It was a lot of fun, and and really at the end of the game. The clouds were coming. We thought rain was coming. We got some drops, and we were able to finish the game, and, and it counts. It's in the books. Another win for Team Turbo Power. I'd like to brag about my favorite soccer team for a bit because they had a weird day. Can I insert this here? Insert. Uh, I, so back back during COVID, I don't know if you guys remember this, but the first football league that came back was the Faroe Islands Premier League. Yep. Y'all know, y'all know about my Faroe Islands? Right. Hey, I only you. know about this because you told us. You yeah, know I knew about the existence of the Faroe Islands before this because yeah, I'm they're, a geography they're a, I mean, they're, 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 they're a dependency of a dependency. No, not a dependency. I believe they're a constituent, constituent part of the Kingdom of the Netherlands. I believe that's what they are. Perfect. God bless no, the Dutch. No, Netherlands. No, Denmark. My bad. Yeah, no. Part, of this Denmark. is it, it, like aggressively Scandinavian. Yes, yes. They're 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 constituent kingdom in the in the Denmark, I believe, along with Greenland, same sort of level. Yeah. Uh, they have their own football league, and yep. they came back first. I've been super into them. Was super into them. Still am. And I chose a team. I didn't mean for them to, to be like the Yankees of the Faroe Islands Premier League, but they turned out to be. The team is called KKI. The full name of the team is, I have to pull it up here, Klaxvikar Itrotarflag, which means Klaxvik Sports Club. Klaxvik is the city. It is the second 
the second largest like we city. just got a brand new acronym and i'm real excited yeah. about it it <laughs> is it is the second largest city in the faroe islands of population of about five thousand. a torshaven city. city uh torshaven which is the main city is about like 18 to twenty thousand. so that one is a little larger clux not so much but key is a really great team they haven't lost a game since 2021 but today so the big rivalry is between Klaxvik and HB Torshavn. And that was the game today. And the game's in Torshavn, big thing. But problem, main keeper for Key, injured. Oh, no. Second keeper, ill. Oh no. Who do we start? Our 49-year-old goalkeeper coach. Yes! yes! Geza Tamas Turi, a Hungarian dude. Oh, yeah. And oh, was he just angry the whole time? And they won. Yes. yes! They won 1 0. Clean, Clean sheet. sheet. Oh. And the uh, key social media team, some of our followers asked them what the saves were. Apparently, there was one really good save and two, like, he had it. We all knew he had it. Saves. So, shout out to the 49 year old. It makes, uh, me, it makes me feel good. Yeah, I mean, you, know? you still have you still have some career left. Well, no, I mean, you said I was sixty, so I, that was eleven years ago for me, apparently. That is last episode, so uh, I'm a sixty year old man. I'm gonna try to find a picture, a, a more, as recent a picture as possible of this gentleman. Here we go, dropping that in. Oh, are we gonna start a thread in the Discord? Yes. Yeah. I just I remembered that I forgot to do that. Let's do that. Start the thread in the in the Discord. Uh, join our patreon slash discord you can see no context images from our podcast episode as it's re being recorded right now join in we are creating a thread in our discord because uh last time we just blew up our discord uh with just random images and it was just too much nobody knew what was going on so we're gonna create a thread and consolidate that uh and we'll just we'll just, we'll just I keep adding to that thread every time it'll also make it easier to search it'll yes. be great exactly get to listen to me type while i create type it to type tap, type, tap, type. Tap, 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 i'm good tap, typing tap. oh i wanted to say one other thing about why she's tap tap tapping away the the coach of the super striker since this was the second time uh, we beat them uh was was basically trying to recruit me to to get my son and her son on the team together um Ooh. for for next season the fall season, I was like, well, I got some college football. She was like, well, we can co-coach this. And I'm like, is, is Coach Escalante just too good that he's being recruited by the YMCA powers? Uh, I found out later that her father is like the guy that runs the Y. So, uh -oh. I mean, I'm getting, I mean, Team Turbo, just, <laughs> just moving up the ladder here. Big, big time. Just uh, so I dropped, I dropped a picture of him in the, uh, in the thread. All right. <laughs> And that he is he is definitely a 49-year-old Hungarian dude. He really is. Good for him. Just happy to be there. Yeah, he, so he's the goalkeeper coach, and he's also the uh, the keeper for today. And so, yeah, clean sheet, some good saves. Key one, beat HP Torshavn. So life is good. Still haven't lost a game. Also, HP Torshavn's first loss in the year. So that also feels good. Also, at their home stadium, also feels good. It was a good day if you're a Key fan. Kiora Key, as we say. Choreography, whatever we say, that's what we stop sharing. <laughs> I mean, that, Look, it's a hard fucking language, okay? It's like, it's as close to, it's like on the Icelandic side of how old your like Scandinavian language shit is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's on that side of it. There's lots of letters they use that I don't recognize, okay? I, I do want to plug the, uh, you know, the Visit Faroe Islands Instagram page. Uh, it, oh, it's great. fantastic just to look at this and I'm like, okay, people actually live here. And then, some of the soccer stadiums, like when you see like those 
clickbait links is like these crazy beautiful soccer stadiums throughout the world and there's one where the Faroe Islands play it's 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 nuts so it, it's a it's a beautiful stadium that they play in in the Faroe Islands and I'd love to go one day but that oh man I just mapped that out like one time I'm like I, I'm flying for like nearly a day it, it, uh, just to get there it's it's honestly not much for, not much further in terms of flying time as to uh, my trip to, to Alaska that I'm still working on. Yes, so yeah, that should tell you uh, that should tell you how far it is. It is a journey. It is. I mean, you map out the Faroe Islands. You're like, oh, oh my god, people mm-hmm. live there. Yes, it's it's nowhere in the middle of nowhere. It's it's great though. I want to go. Uh, I'll drop a I'll drop a picture of their stadium with the fog coming in over the clouds coming in over the over the side. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Oh, that is gorgeous. Oh, okay. I would like to go. <laughs> Yeah, I would also all... like to go to their donate to the Patreon, so you could so you can go watch top tier buy, buy some sickos merch. Uh, you know, just just buy some more merch, and we'll try to get some more updated designs in the store. So I, we definitely do appreciate a- anybody buying some merchandise. One of my friends, Andrew, he bought a shirt and he he sent me a picture of it. Looks good, and I was like, wow, that looks really surprisingly good. I was terrified <laughs> it was not going to look good. Like I'm designing the stuff, and I'm like, the images that you have to use. For like merch with like embroidery on hats is completely different than the standard stuff we put out on a Twitter page. So we're still trying to work through some of the stuff, try to get some of the hats updated. Again, this is why we launched it in the off season. So technically, yep. it's like a soft launch. So just to try to hammer these these issues out when they arise now, instead of like we everybody, got it. it'll be fine. We yeah, when you think out. about it, embroidery is just beveling for fabric. Exactly. <laughs> I did exactly. try to submit a beveling for. A beveling graphic for embroidery it did not come out good and surprise for some, for, <laughs> for some unreason the black wanted to be embroidered as purple once it was beveled Ooh. so that was weird well, but if you're willing to donate a specific amount of money that i will come up with later i will embroider you a beveled thing of your choice holy shit <laughs> holy oh, shit. wow speaking of sickos going to things kamish how was the championship game uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I went to the XFL championship game in the Alamo Dome. I took my just turned six year old today to the, the scenic, game. historic Alamo Dome. The historic Alamo Dome, where people Alamo have played Dome. for hundreds of years. That's right. Where <laughs> where it only had the official CFL, the only American stadium to ever be able to accommodate a CFL regulation field. Very historic. That baby can hold it all. Let me it tell can. you. I mean, you got to remember the Alamo Dome. So. <laughs> really sorry uh no you're not not. sorry sorry implies you won't do it again i'm gonna it didn't die for our sins for you to be smirched the alamo exactly (laughs) when santa anna was turned away twice at the ramparts of the alamo dome (laughs) today and i spit water on my mic there you go yay one day i'm one day I'm going to have to find a version, like the history book version of the Alamo that I got when I was like in third grade. Because I need to tell you guys that version of the story because it's so like like Davy Crockett, you know, fighting for freedom with Jim Bowie and everyone else. And they all died, but they all died happily, apparently. Like it was very yeah, one of those. Like, was, I, I, I think maybe I got that same book, too. The Alamo Dome does technically have a basement, I think. But it does. Could, I've been ask, there. Yes, you could ask about it. Does. it so. My mom told me when I was a kid that Jim Bowie and David Bowie were relatives because I only saw it written down and I believed it for an embarrassingly long period of time. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Thank little, little, little did they know, Jim Bowie's uh, two greatest things were the knife and just fuck tons of glitter. <laughs> just throwing glitter over the ramparts. So Arlington won. Can we talk about that? <laughs> a team who is 
Good lord. A they team are that now is... bowl eligible. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello, guest. Hello. Hi. <laughs> there we go. Hi. Normal everyday mom. Bye, Mom. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> My best Thanks, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Thanks, Day. Mom. Get the rack, Jack. <laughs> uh, Arlington won. They're 6 and 6 and the XFL champions. And I'm going to put it all on the shoulders of, like, not quite a single person, but there was a point where Arlington turned their shit around. And it was when they got Luis Perez as their quarterback. Luis Perez. I, I posted his uh I'll drop that in the I'll drop that in the uh in the thread, but it's also in the show the show notes. This dude is the most dude journeyman quarterback I've ever seen. And the way we were talking about him made me even more fascinated because this guy, this guy, he started out not as a quarterback in high school. He was a tight end and never played varsity in high school. He then went to Southwestern College as a walk-on QB. He learned QB from watching YouTube yep. the same way I learned to like change a tire or how to tie a tie, you know, stuff like that. Or yeah. Any of those things. Yes. And he ended up uh, at Texas A&M commerce red shirting. And then like, he was like ninth on the depth chart there his first year. And then all of a sudden he was playing and he was D2 national champion four years after he started playing quarterback. Wow. Good. For That's him. insane. He started seven games in the AAF for the Birmingham I, Iron. Some of us didn't even think the AAF lasted seven games. Actually, so. I was just thinking seven games. That felt longer than it did. It yeah, it really like does. In 2020, he was in the XFL first version two, played in the Spring League in 2021. He started six games in the USFL last year and then was with the Vegas Vipers, the worst team of the league, almost all of the season until about week seven until, the, until Arlington picked him up. And then with Arlington, it all clicked. And he's been an absolute just madman the rest of the season. And that's amazing. This guy is a living exponential growth curve. Right? Like, how how do you even... Line go, line go up. Yeah. Line go up. I can't wait until he makes the NFL. I love him. We, we have another dude, not to get too far off, we have another XFL dude with the NFL who's actually going to go, who's going to be on the Broncos. Danuch is with the Broncos now. Woo! Yes! Congratulations, Philly. Danuch got take got got like he's on the roster now, I believe. Oh, this is wonderful. And yeah, he's gonna be with another Seattle quarterback, uh, Russell Wilson. So Denver loves Seattle quarterbacks, wherever in the Seattle they're from. Yeah, uh, Arlington wins six and six team, a team that everyone had sort of written off as like didn't matter, but they peaked at the right time, and DC was sort of like on the crest and the wrong. DC fans are real, real salty about this. Because it felt like the day this was, was the same day they announced the new commander's ownership. And they were like, we got new commander's ownership. We're going to win the XFL. Fucking great day. And then this happened. <laughs> the I, wheels came off so fast. Just being at the game, it, it was weird. The Alamo Dome itself, they only sold the lower bowl. Yeah. So the lower bowl was the only thing sold. I think like the max capacity of the lower bowl was maybe like 24,000. So the game atmosphere itself felt like an NBA game. But for like a football game, which is weird. They lowered like the screens in the corners to try to make it a little bit more yeah. intimate. It was incredibly loud. I think the, the reported attendance was about 22K. I walked into our seats. We didn't get like anything great wise. We, we went the cheap route. So we're like in the corner of one of the end zones, uh, which apparently had all the action. So we picked a good end zone to have all the action. Yeah. In. But it was 
I'm walking in and I'm like, okay, here's like a cardboard cutout of the rock. I'm like, ah, and there's like free samples of some weird, I think it was an energy drink. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, it's just repackaged Josta. And then I'm like, I'm making my way to where like section 118, I'm making my way to section 118. We get to section 119. I'm like, bam, there's the XFL trophy. I'm like, what? This is amazing. Like how I just walk in and there's a trophy. And I was like, I'm getting pictures from the side. And then I'm like, I, I'm like, oh, maybe we can get some pictures like in, with the kiddo and, and me in, in front of the trophy. And then I turn to my right and just see like a line of like a hundred people waiting to get pictures with the XFL trophy. And I'm like, <laughs> really? And so I was like, I just took the picture and posted it. Like, here, here we go. I'm going to go sit and enjoy myself there. The atmosphere was kind of crazy. My kiddo was not uh, 100% ready for uh, Imagine that, a, yeah. a crazy football yeah. game like this. We ran into like a, a Battlehawks fan. Uh, he had like the full Battlehawks gear, like wings and everything. I'm about wow. those tickets real early. Like, I, mean, I love this so much. It, it was nuts. Then there's like Seattle Sea Dragons fans and like these weird Sea Dragons costume onesie thingies. Um, Did they all vaguely look like Trogdor? I was just, it, I was I just mean, about to say, I'm imagining them just like as three dimensional Trogdor. It, <laughs> it was weird. There was like super fans of XFL teams that didn't make the championship. Then they kept doing like NBA hype up things where like. Are you a DC Defenders fan, or you are like, oh, are you here, Arlington? And it, it felt like the crowd was about fifty-fifty, like fan-wise, but like everybody else was not rooting for DC in the in the stadium. Like if you were not affiliated, they were booing DC. Okay, like so, okay. it kind of felt like a road game for DC. DC tried to bring like a traveling beer snake. Um, no, it, it was just like a small garbage can and it just had cups in it so it was like a half garbage can or like even like maybe like a quarter garbage can with like just cups in it it, it just wasn't wasn't there my kiddo didn't make it too far in the game we were trying to get him some merch maybe like a foam finger or something yeah. and they didn't have anything hmm. they had like no merch like in the sections we we're in like the corner we're trying the middle and the corner yeah. I, didn't, I didn't go the whole stadium oh why would you do that but uh, I mean, just like basically half the stadium where we're at, no merch. They had merch for like jerseys. You could spend $195 for a jersey. <laughs> Good Lord. Or Jesus you could Christ. buy a t-shirt or you could buy a t-shirt for 30, which they yeah. did not have any kid sizes. And my kiddo did not handle that well. So, so uh, you're telling you're telling me that they should really think about partnering with Selfie? Yes, let's do it. Partner with Selfie. Yes. <laughs> You can sell print-on-demand merchandise with Selfi. The commish could figure it out. It's very easy. Use these links to sign up free for a free trial. That's right. com slash sicko sent you or get.selfi.com sicko sent you 5780. And then use the coupon code special for a yearly plan discount of 35%. Thank you so much for that transition. It's my only segue. Good. I mean, I, I mean, you cut me off about XFL. It's going crazy. We don't want the UFS, USFL followers to get offended. No, I love the idea. Of Joe Mallers of Canton. Show Pittsburgh Mallers of Canton. We are, we are USFL haters, apparently. I mean. Because I, I didn't spend all year shitting on Vegas' stadium and shooting every shot <laughs> I could from like, look how awful this is. Like a fucking Zapruder film from every angle. How dare you? How dare you insult the USFL by saying, hey, the USFL's on. <laughs> I, post, I post that for everything because you know what? I fucking forget most of the time. That's why I follow those accounts because someone will post like, hey. oh, shit, the game's on. I mean, you know, I the commission's a Breakers fan. So, I mean, come on, USFL guy. Tweeting in our mentions, be getting upset. Like, we get other people upset in our mentions about... I love... You know, the, the idea of... 
of a USFL, USFL super fan though. Mm. That like, like their existence exists to be like, I fucking hate the XFL, fucking hate the NFL. I'm just here for USFL. That's right. I, I wish I cared that much about any of them. The XFL is better than the US, uh, USFL. Oh, no, no, no. The USFL is better than the XFL. I'm just like, really? There's some real star-bellied star Sneetches shit right here. You know, what, you know what's funny as hell <laughs> is that like both like sides follow us. Because we, yes. we watch the shit anyway. <laughs> yes, like, that's why, guys. Like, yes. I, holy All shit, football is good football, y'all. Yes, even if it is at fucking Cashman Field, I'm still watching it. <laughs> yeah. So I can go, no one die. I, I hope someone's chained themselves to those fucking, or they're clipped in on those high-rise uh, rafters. Uh, scaffolding. 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 <laughs> Yeah, like what part of we are sickos was unclear. I like like I said we were talking about I think you were talking about the the Black Friday, like we're we're like NFL's back off from Black Friday and you post yeah. the schedule and somebody's like, Well, this schedule was cheeks and I was like, I love and I'm like, like you follow us. Are you in the wrong spot? <laughs> Like, although, although I got an idea, I got okay. an idea because I finally right. want to do the do I want to do the the cocktails for games of the week next year because of your cocktail background as well. But that week is Nebraska Iowa and something with corn whiskey, a nice Ooh. little corn whiskey cocktail, hmm. yeah. with some hmm. sweet corn. Just like don't you, which what you want for a cocktail is some sweet corn actually on top of your cocktail. So when you drink it, you have to chew corn as you drink it. That's what you really <laughs> well, want. The other thing that's the mouthfeel you want from a cocktail. Why don't you just take corn nuts and pulverize them and put it and put it around the rim? What yes. flavor? What flavor? Chile limon. Never. That's too much spice for them. Yeah, whatever. You no want. ranch. Never. Ranch corn yeah. nuts. Ranch. Done. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, just just ranch powder and corn nuts. See, Absolutely. this is how you can tell that we originally grew out of the Cannibals Channel. Yes. Right. <laughs> There's cannibals in this DNA. Yeah. Resetting it's- the sign to cannibals containment breach to zero <laughs> to again. Come join what? our Discord and figure out what cannibals is because it's it's weird food combinations. Yeah. And if and you animals. can explain and what animals. cannibals is, please tell us. Well, I mean, <laughs> what it's supposed to be is weird food combinations and animals. It's uh, usually what it is. It's usually what it is. Uh, and, and, you know. and bear. And the beer. can, it, yeah, yeah. Can. Oh, and cans. That's right. The can, can is yeah. part. Of, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I post a rabbit sometimes. Sorry, it counts. Hi, Godbomb. Do you guys know the name TJ Finley? Yes. Yes. Okay. LSU. Okay, LSU. But then Auburn. when did he go? Auburn. Then he went to Auburn. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'm going to post in the chat where he's going next. I know. Pop it in the thread here because they just got a big announcement. Whoa. He's going to Texas State, baby. Woo. Stan Marcus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. GJ Kenny is doing a great job. He's pulling in some big names, and this is one of them. This is a hell of a Sun Belt quarterback, y'all. Mm-hmm. My man deserves to be in the Fun Belt. You know what? Like, he's from Ponchatoula? Ponchatoula? Oh, okay. That that was one on the Louisiana pronunciation list. So I'm not, it, it's Ponchatoula. But, Ponchatoula. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to have to take that off the Louisiana pronunciation slides, but you may there forget it by then. Who knows? Uh, yeah, he's from, no. he's from Ponchatoula. Ponchatoula. Uh, it, it's famous for strawberries and also famous for the alligator gender reveal. Somebody I'm fed, sorry? Oh, yeah. Somebody fed an alligator a balloon full of jello to reveal what it was in their front yard. And then it pooped? <laughs> no, then it, no, it ate the balloon with the jello and then whatever like, color it was. They waited, they waited for the, like, Let me see if I can find this. I'm going to have to plug this in the thread just because... This is gonna like blow everybody's mind. So let me see. I'm sorry, Gator Poop Gender Reveal has just like sent me into space. Thank you. 
I don't know what this podcast was going to be about, but I know what it's about now. Uh, Ponch Tula, apparently their high school is the Green Wave named after Tulane. Apparently I found like like ones in Florida too. This is okay. It's not the only one. Okay. Uses gator for gender reveal. Yes. In, in the front yard. It's um, from KTBS 3 ABC. If you want to share the screen or I can do it, whatever. I got it. I got you. I feel this happened like a few years ago, but I'm glad you haven't seen it. Okay. I hope that friends, this is not a small gator. No. no. <laughs> it's okay. Is it okay? That's what an eight foot gator. Oh. It's a oh big God. one. Oh, no. It's a big one. Take it down. Don't fuck with it. Yeah. What's the song? Oh my God. Don't watch that much Steve Irwin. This is a bad plan. He's just like sort of poking its mouth and. Ready? Come on. We're ready forever. (laughs) The crowd. The crowd sounds like. Oh. Oh God. That's close. God. It's a boy. It's a boy. Okay, so so oh god, holy so questions. No. (laughs) All right, I I will. I will speak on behalf of the state of Louisiana. Fire away. Okay, where do you get a gator? For this event, do you just rent them? Do you go into the local pond and like sh- like wave a duck at it until one follows you home? Definitely that one. Do? Okay, so likely there's this, this gentleman is probably associated with swamp and gator tours. Ponchatoula, Louisiana, is is the area. If you ever know the show Swamp People, uh, okay. where you can't understand and they have to put like you know closed captions under there to understand them, but you know. I also had people in Texas believing that was related to one of them on the show. So that was fun. Uh, but but yeah, it's probably likely somebody that, that hosts Swamp Tours. If you scroll down at the bottom of the article, this guy, his name is T-Mike, the Gator King. So uh, likely he's got his own like gator farm enclosure in this situation. So it's probably as much as you can domesticate a gator, a domesticated gator. Can't. Yes. So we're clear. You cannot do that. As much as possible. I can't wait until happened. the next pandemic when the Netflix craze, like the second week of the pandemic, is Gator King. Got a picture of T-Mike. T-Mike. Gator there. Yes. Like Who the is gator. astride it like a lawnmower. Yeah. I was I was going to say like like one of those like animals at the zoo that I get on that I, are I, like I, those statues. Can we find out if T-Mike has all of, all of his appendages? Is he like missing a finger or something? I'm pretty sure I watched him lose a thumb in that video. I was close. It was a close call. It, it wasn't. They were loving. It's just in the front yard too. Uh, he is <laughs> a former Swamp People cast member, by the okay. way. Okay, all right, perfect. Oh, okay. I figured it, it. It felt that way, but yes, T. Mike, the Gator King. And as I understand, this was a watermelon that had yeah. exploded. Yeah. Yeah. I my understanding of gators is admittedly limited. They're not terribly common in Pennsylvania, at least not on purpose. But my, as I understood it, watermelon isn't really a thing that gators hunt so much. So it, is there a danger that the gator will be like, I have decided I don't like this watermelon. And in fact, I would like T-Mike. No, no, because according to the quote here, quote from T-Mike, that gator we use for the gender reveal is not just a gator or a pet. It's part of our family. Is that the family picture that you just posted in the Discord? Yes, it is. (laughs) 
I would, for the record, like to take this moment to acknowledge uh, Central Pennsylvania's own emotional supports alligator, Wally Gator, because that is a thing. Mm -hmm. He is a thing. He shows up at malls sometimes and you can go see him. Yeah, this this hey. wasn't in the podcast notes and I love every moment of this. <laughs> like I am I'm loving it. Like we, we didn't plan to go this way, but I'm glad we went this way. Do we ever plan to go anyway? Yeah, let's I, there's stuff written down. It's fine. That. <laughs> Do we read all of it? No. But there is stuff written down. But like the way we got here was beautiful because we went from Texas State football. Yes. To punch Tula. Yep, that's right. To a gender gator, a gender gator reveal. I mean, you know, gator gender. So we got to thank T.J. Finley, going to Texas State from Ponchatoula, and you couldn't pronounce it. Uh, and then me immediately remembering Ponchatoula Strawberry Festival, and the the gator gender reveal. Ponchatoula is basically right on the edge of Lake Bourne and Lake Pontchartrain. So uh, they, I thought you were gonna say like right on the edge of humanity. You mean on the edge of glory? Wait, hold on. Is it Lake Bourne or is it Lake Moripaw? I may have Two my sex soul. I don't know. I don't oh know. Oh my god. My my mama said that you got the lakes mixed up. Yeah. So maybe the way we should use gators from now on to reveal our new merch. Oh. <laughs> hold on, no, no. Lake Bourne's on the other side of Pontchartrain. I got it uh, east and west mixed up. So it's Lake Moripaw. I apologize. Here we go. Okay. So yes, it's it's close to Manshack, which has an awesome restaurant out there. Sorry, Man Manshack? Manshack, that's right. Uh, it is a man in a shack living right in between. The, no, it's a little tiny like fishing town where you would launch into a some various swamps around there. And uh, they have an awesome restaurant called Middendorf's. They have a lot of billboards, but not as much as Bucky's. But they have a lot of billboards around the area <laughs> off of I-55. I'd like to now go into Eurovision, if I may. Do it. Congratulations, congratulations to Sweden. Sweden won. I predicted it. Laureen was amazing. I was super happy. Finland came in second with cha-cha-cha, which was a great, absolutely great thing. I would like to say, though, that this was a contested victory because Sweden absolutely destroyed the jury vote. So the professionals all voted for Sweden. But not one of the professional, not one of the televotes, so the country's voting, not one of them gave Sweden a first place vote. But every country did have Sweden in their top 10. So just by sheer numbers of votes, they got through. Now, Finland, 18 countries had Finland as number one, including the countries of Australia, Austria, Belgium, Denmark, Estonia, Germany, Iceland, Ireland, Israel, Latvia, Lithuania, Netherlands, Norway, San Marino, Serbia, Spain, Sweden, and United Kingdom. That's like, that's a pretty broad, that's broad appeal, we're saying. This just sounds like the BCS to me, but... Mm go off i will i will say finland was smart enough to not put sweden top so there was some strategic voting i'm pretty sure mm. in there whereas sweden was just like giving love to finland like everyone else was too but yeah 15 juries had sweden first and those were the juries of albania cyprus denmark estonia finland finnish journey gave them first germany ireland israel lithuania malta moldova netherlands spain ukraine and united kingdom uh, the top three countries overall, just for the final placements, were Sweden 1, Finland 2, lost by only 40 points. So it was close. I will say that also to show you how big the difference is, the jury in the jury vote, Sweden got 340 points and Finland got only 150. So that's almost 200 off. Whereas Finland actually got 130 more points in the televoting 
we haven't really had this big of a big disparity between those before is in a long time actually is there a fair amount of collusion between countries yes uh, there is okay. a there is a pretty good map let me see if i can find it uh eurovision eurovision really this seems like it, it just feels like it's really ripe for grift so uh, they have had to ban the belarusian jury a couple times for fucking things up or like <laughs> being, being like very obviously paid for it's like but olympic gymnastics judging yeah, yeah. Or, or figure skating yeah Jordan, I am. While you search that, I am pleased yeah. to inform you that my TikTok alg algorithm has decided that I'm interested in Eurovision. There we uh, go. So I get Eurovision content now. Yeah, here's some. Uh, I'll, this is a this is a network map. I'll drop in the Discord, but you can see the countries that tend to vote for each other. Oh. Uh, all of the ah. uh, Greece and Cyprus are generally like lockstep twelve points, twelve points. Although this year, Cyprus, uh, Greece did not give Cyprus twelve points, which is a huge deal. That's probably the biggest like voting. You know, thing of them all. You can also see that the the former uh, Yugoslav countries tend to all vote for each other. Yeah, Netherlands, like we Germany. found something. We found something that like the Balkans can agree on. Yes. No, this is like Pennsylvania <laughs> primary voting. This is exactly <laughs> like Pennsylvania primary voting, where you vote for someone who's from the county near you, knowing yep. nothing else. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you'll also notice the countries that tend to vote with Russia in purple, and the countries that will absolutely not vote for Russia in pink. Lithuania, Poland, Latvia, Estonia, and Finland still have some feelings they're working out with Russia. I'm guessing if, you, if Ukraine and Russia were into the contest together this year, they would also have some similar feelings that they have not worked out yet. So yeah, that's generally how the voting goes. It's been a little different as of late, but yeah, there's a very strong Norwegian, uh, not Norwegian, Scandinavian block, a very strong former Yugoslav block, a very strong former hey, USSR block too. Hey, one, one thing I wanted to address about Eurovision. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you had to pay to vote. Yeah. <laughs> In this country, you do. In other countries, you don't. Okay. I was just sitting there, like, I think Jay, Jay Arnold, who was on the pod, mm -hmm. he was like, you got to pay to vote? Like, you got to pay, like, a euro to mm -hmm. vote? And I was like, I had no idea. Like, nobody mentioned this, I don't think, on our preview pod at all. I, we didn't know it at that point, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah it turns out we all have to pay the luxury tax. You know, <laughs> poll taxes are unconstitutional. That is right. I thought this uh, was America, but apparently I thought it was Europe. I'm going to thank Pit Girl for dropping this link to me. It is tweet from at EW Paisley. <laughs> My local barber is closed because the owner is playing bass for Croatia in the Eurovision final. The sign says closing at 2 p.m. Come playing for bass for Croatia. And then I want to show you guys who this dude was because Croatia had a great show. It was an anti-fascist, what do we call them? Like, like pro LGBT, pro pride, pro everything. Like yeah. they're great. They're great folks. Croatia said gay rights. Oh yeah, and and here's that bass player. He's wearing tidy oh whiteies, yes. knee high socks, uh, a a sleeveless undershirt, Is a, like a, hat? a like a police officer's hat, and shoes? the best beard ever. Those and and just okay. So he's wearing a chunk heeled, high heeled boot from the looks of it God. that is like every color imaginable in the blue in the blue to purple spectrum oh my god these are fantastic i want a pair of these uh, the someone told me that this group was once uh, was had once played naked at a concert somewhere they tried to arrest them for nudity but they argued that they weren't naked because they had corks up their asses <laughs> This is the kind of group we're dealing with, and they're amazing. Okay. It's it's giving 2023 the village people, and I'm yeah. very much here for that. Yeah, I'm going to drop a couple more pictures, and that gets even more true, because they're definitely... <laughs>
me over here trying to figure out if he's playing a Fender P. You know, they're great. Uh, that group's great. Wonderful. They came in like riding giant rockets too. It was it was beautiful. <laughs> they're all wearing tidy whities. Love it. Awesome. So Eurovision was great. 10 out of 10. Next year, we will see everyone in either Malmo or Gothenburg or or um, Stockholm. We'll see where they ended up. And they had, oh, shit, there is something I need to show you guys, though. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, oh, there's you can, more. You can vamp real fast for me, guys. Wait, or don't. More. I don't care. I'll just cut this anyways. Hold up. Hey, I can I can vamp while you do this. Uh, I just wanted to say, give a little love to the Message Board Geniuses podcast. We're doing a little cross promotion with them on their podcast. Uh, and they're going to do a little bit for us. Uh, we love the message board geniuses. They dive into the depths of the message board. So you don't have to. Their podcast this week just came out on Friday. Uh, they discuss a Texas A&M fan who's ready to leave the SEC. They discuss an Ohio State fan that is saying good riddance to Bronny. So he's, he's upset that LeBron James's son, you know, went to USC. A Notre Dame fan's proposal to outfit the Irish in Gucci and Louis Vuitton. Um, a Michigan fan's no tolerance policy for A1 steak sauce. Heinz 57 is better anyway. Uh, a citizen's arrest on the pit boards. So the pit message boards, they're making citizens arrest. And of course, they do nominate their message board genius of the week. So give them a listen. It's kind of fun. It's less than an hour long, 54 minutes episodes. So shout out to them. They're fantastic. I love that they go into places that the sickos committee just does not want to go. <laughs> I mean, we're sickos, but like, okay, that's, that's a little bit, you know, yeah. different type of sicko. I would say, give it a listen. It's pretty funny. Great folks there. So thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to rewind back a little bit. There was an Icelandic group a couple of years back called Hatari. Hatari. Hatari oh. describes himself as an Icelandic award-winning anti-capitalist techno performance BDSM band. And that was a lot of modifiers. And there were so many modifiers. Say that again. Yeah. We're going to have to go uh, that again. Oh, hold on. I didn't no, catch very, all of that. Slow. I didn't are, catch all of that. Like, it's, like what I'm doing, it's like when I'm doing Duolingo, I have to hit like the turtle pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, I'm sorry, that Spanish was too fast. They are, they are the Icelandic award-winning anti-capitalist techno-performance BDSM band Hatari. Okay. And I'm going to show you a picture of, Hata of Hatari at Eurovision. I was hoping you would. Uh, this was a couple of years ago. They're great. <laughs> Basically what you'd think. Yeah, they look like about like I expected. They had a song called uh, Hate Will Win. Although they, it was a, it was an ironic song about destroying. The, one of their things they do is they work to destroy capitalism. And that, so that, that's one of their bands. Like, that, that dude's totally in glad rap. Yes, he is. Okay. So one of those guys actually is the son of the English and Icelandic ambassador to England. Sure. And is so the third guy from the left in Guar. I feel like he's in Okay, Guar. so so we're going to see him again in a second. Perfect. He, every uh, for Eurovision, they always choose someone from the country to announce the, the the results from that country. And so we cut to Iceland and I'm going to show you guys what we get. Uh Hatari Atari. Just a dude wearing a spiky mask. All this movement. He's wearing another spiky mask. Wait. Another spiky mask. This is like this. This is like the Sting GIF in in perpetuity. Australia. And he gives the points to Australia. It's messed all the way down. 
I mean, it's the 500 cats of Bartholomew Cubbins. I love this. Jordan, Anyways. I just want to appreciate that your YouTube recommendations are very similar to mine. I always get a little dicey showing my YouTube screens because I don't know what my recommendations are going to be. It's like, would you like to watch the half as interesting and the 1945 Rose Bowl and... Uh, yeah, and like talks about state flags. Yes. The 1945 Rose Bowl and the Faroe Islands soccer team. That's your your algorithm in YouTube has got to be an absolute mess. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean like and then you upload some of our stuff to our, the Signals Community YouTube eventually, I guess, whenever that yes. happens again. Yeah, we Someone in the basement of the Pentagon is desperately trying to figure out if Jordan is a domestic threat. <laughs> and he really likes band stuff, college football. So he seems so he seems super fine, but then he's looking up, looking up Icelandic award-winning techno anti-fascist techno BDSM band. Yeah, that was kind of those six modifiers there, and then like the last one is is BDSM, which is an abbreviation for like, like okay, seven other okay, modifiers. okay, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Your FBI agent is at home. <laughs> just like Jordan, what are you doing? I do want to go, though, to our favorite thing. Yes. The best season of all time for teams who are below 500 all time. That's right. Bosatwab 500 at. I have some new logos. Uh, if you guys want to check out, I'll post them later on. Now yeah. with logo. Now with logo. Yeah. yeah. After we hit our 17th out of 39 part, we decided that uh, Beth would dab in the video, which I had to say that out loud because I didn't. Yeah. I did not expect a dab to come out of Beth. Okay. I am shocked. All right. Uh, that was amazing. It was a good one, too. Like, I mean, very, very skillful dab. We finally hit our 17th part, which we're, like, basically halfway done. And now Jordan has given us a logo for this, uh, which is which is great. I want to give you some, some fun stuff here for this one. We're getting into some, like, teams that are a little bit bigger here. Uh, we ran a poll on the Twitter poll, and we, we had four teams to choose from. Uh, we had Tulane. Vandy, Kansas, and Kansas State. Tulane and Vandy were neck and neck. I mean, just back and forth until the last moment. I think Tulane won it like 29% to 28%. Kansas was third. K-State was fourth. I'll be uh, doing I'll be doing Tulane next week. You mean Vandy? Or on Tuesday. On Tuesday. Because I'm Vandy, doing sorry. Tulane right now. <laughs> All right, right. Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> You're getting ahead of me because I'm going to say the vaunted Vandy offense. Like nine, Linear yes, time yes. is a construct anyway. No. For all we yes. know, we're doing so Vandy right now. We're doing Vandy right now. Who knows? Uh, God, that's beautiful. I love that logo. Yeah, it's it's very nice. Um, I've I've asked for some earth I'm, I'm tones. I'm going to switch some colors, yeah. Yeah, let's get some earth tones. One of our Discord members just said his home field and his Sicko's merch arrived on the same day. Again, the best season of all time for teams that are below 500 of all time. I grew up in New Orleans. I, I attended many, 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 many Tulane games when they were, like, absolutely awful in, like, the 80s. You know, Buddy Tevens era, Mac Brown era. I, I'm trying to figure out who was after Buddy Tevens. I cannot even remember the name of that coach. Oh, it was. Um... I can't even remember the name of the coach, but they were not good. I remember like TCU beat them like 52 to 20. And I'm playing like football in the ramps of the Superdome, the Louisiana Superdome, uh, which are only have like eight foot ceilings. So like you're trying to throw a ball and it just hits the ceiling all the time. <laughs> and we're running up and down ramps playing football like touch football in the ramps. It was great. So just, just so you know, after buddy, after buddy, it was one of the Bowdens. We got Tommy. No, really? Yeah. Okay. Tommy so was there for two there. years. Okay. Tommy okay. actually had two good, Tommy had two good years. So they it it would have been in the buddy Tevens era because a, he was, uh, who was after Mac Brown? 
Uh, after Mac Brown was Greg Davis. Okay, that so was, Greg Davis, that was it could have been Greg Davis and Buddy Tevens. I remember the Buddy Tevens commercials that they would just play to try to sell the Tulane season tickets. It was called the Buddy System. <laughs> they, they, I want, I mean, if any like Tulane follower has this info, fear the way anybody, whoever's listening to this podcast, it was called the Buddy System. They, they sang this song. It was just like, Buddy, 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 Buddy's the man. Yeah. You know, like, it was so ridiculous. And then at the end of the commercial, it was like, the buddy system. And it was just like, that's what they sold, like, the New Orleans folks on Tulane football, which, I mean, Tulane, tiny school playing in the gigantic Superdome. Never filled that thing up. It was ridiculous. Tulane has a great history of football. And for me to choose the best team of all time, it it was kind of tough. You got 1998, 12-0 with Tommy Bowden and Rich Rod as the old coordinator. You got the last season that just passed, 2022. Fantastic. Yeah. You got 1929. You got 1931. Uh, you got 1925. I mean, wow. So I have to shout out a bunch of these teams because a lot of the teams for Tulane were really, really good. So I'm going to shout out the team that just passed, the 2022 team. 12-2, and two, best turnaround of all time in the NCAA from 2-10 and 10 to 12-2. and two. One of, if not the best bowl games of all time, Jordan was mm-hmm. in attendance. I'm sure, I'm sure uh, he'll probably never forget that game. And he almost left early. And we he have to blame him. Because always. he almost left early. He almost left early. But thank you, Tajay Spears, for scoring really quickly to keep yeah. Jordan in the stadium. So thank you so much, Mr. Spears. You just never leave early. The rule is also, to just not. Tajay Spears, also from, also from. Poncha Tulsa? Poncha Tula. Poncha Tula. There we go. Also from Poncha Tula. Pennsylvanians, you heard him. From now on, your gender reveals have to be when you're trying to feed a watermelon to a woodchuck. Someone's done this. Someone's done this. We got it. Poncha Tony Phil now does gender reveals. If he does not see his shadow, I don't know where <laughs> he the other it's a girl. They also got revenge on USC for the defeat in the 1932 Rose Bowl. So that's fantastic. That was like 80 some odd years in, in coming. The 1998 Tulane team. Commission was in high school at the time that this team was going on. I think I went to two of these games. I am not 100% sure. Uh, my, my recollections are kind of vague here, but Tulane did beat the Raging Cajuns 72 to 20. I just wanted to mention that on the podcast. Um, also, that was on Halloween. So that was, I think I may have attended that instead of going to like a Halloween party. And then they, uh, or it was the one in September where they beat Navy 42, 24 in the beginning of the, uh, the season. Alan drawn them. Yeah, they did. So they gave us Tommy Bowden. And Rich Rod to Clemson. I kind of feel like I'm too close to this team to label it the BSO, AT, FT, WABT, you know, 500 at. Um, also, shout out to the good Sean King, the former quarterback of the Tulane uh, Green Wave and then, and then Buccaneers fame. So shout out to him. Awesome. I want to give a shout out again to the 1925 Tulane team, a legit national championship shout. There were nine zero and one. They had one tie to Mizzou. The 1925 college football season ended with no clear national champion. At the end of the season, noted sports writer Billy Evans described the championship contest as a dead heat among Dartmouth, Tulane, Michigan, Washington, and Bama. Bama and Dartmouth are listed as national champs. So Jordan, you could say this for you. 
Bama and Dartmouth were the same in 1925. Yeah, so enjoy that. They're, they're the same now as far as I'm concerned in I, football. That's right. Done. Another team I, I just wanted to shout out again, 1931 Tulane. The team posted an undefeated regular season, but they did lose in the Rose Bowl to USC, as I mentioned earlier. It is one of the best teams in school history. They were 8-0 in the Southern Conference. They finished 11-1 with their only loss to USC in that Rose Bowl. They were down 21-0 in that Rose Bowl, but they fought back for a 21-12 loss. Uh, supposedly, they earned a ton of respect in the national press since they were projected to lose by at least 20 to USC. Uh, and at that time, Tulane managed a Rose Bowl record for yardage gain. So yardage gained. I don't think I said that right. Gained. I don't know. Uh, uh, so we're good there. The commission is going to make an ex- executive decision here. And I'm going to call the 1929 team the best team of all time for teams who are below 500 all time for Tulane. So I'm going with the 1929 team, and I'm going to tell you why here. Tulane finished 9-0, undefeated. Yeah. they have like a, That's right. Undefeated. That's what we're looking for here. I know 1998, undefeated. But again, kind of feels too close because I kind of lived it. I, I don't want to be biased here as Sitco's commissioner. I have that bias. Because I jobs. actually watched them play. So, yes. Yeah, the o- the no. only bias get, Kamish gets to have is in favor of ULM. That's right. I, I, that's the only mm-hmm. bias I get. Tulane is like my second flair on uh, uh was it rcfb rcfb yeah. so it's like it's like U- ulm tulane nine and oh potential legit national championship shout honestly i believe they should claim it however i think the tulane administration doesn't want to deal with these old national title claims but always claim it always always claim it but i mean just claim it hell claim 1998 and 1925 too who's gonna, t- who's gonna tell you no no i mean like you know yeah. again there's there's like some you know, folks, they do like the reflectory period of like these teams before like the AP poll. And they're like, well, some of these selectors didn't select Tulane and none of the selectors selected Tulane. So I'm like, I don't care. Claim it. Undefeated. Do it. Nobody can tell you. There was only one bowl game at the time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, claim it. So here's the Wikipedia that I just dropped in for the 1929 Tulane Green Wave team. The 1929 college football season saw a number of unbeaten and untied teams. Purdue, Tulane, Notre Dame, and Pitt all finished the regular season with wins over all of their opponents. Notre Dame Dame was recognized as the national champion by two of the three contemporary major selectors, which I was talking about previously, the, the Dickinson and Dunkel systems, while the third, Holgate, named USC, who was 10 and 2, as the other national champion. The fuck uh, is that? Yeah, that's some bullshit. Eight of nine retrospective selectors also named Notre Dame and USC as number one teams. Because of course they did. Of course. Big school bias. I'm just going to say that. Big school uh, by, bias. By the way, uh, USC did beat Pitt in that 1930 Rose Bowl 47 to 14. Hey, I was going to get to that later, but thank you so I'm much. Sorry, for I'm, sorry, right. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. The representative from Pitt does not recognize the 1929 Rose Bowl. Well, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, we're good. So there was one weird rule change that I wanted to mention for the 1929 season. Ooh. There was that a fumble a fumbled ball was dead as soon as it struck the ground. <laughs> what? So, so previously a defending player could run with the recovered fumble, as in the case of Roy Regals in the 1929 Rose Bowl, which apparently Pit Girl didn't recognize either. Uh, <laughs> but still very strange. Just a weird rule for the year. I don't. I couldn't look up like any other weird stuff in this. This. It's this so crazy bizarre. Stuff. I want to give. Uh, there's a link here to the Tulane Digital Library. 
this is a Tulane versus Auburn program of the year. If you look at the the ads of the program, there's like a giant T in blue, and then the ads underneath it form like a U. So it's like T U in all of the program. So there's it's like great. a T U ad in the, all of the program. It's 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 insane. Also, I linked the Tulane football team. Uh, it's in the yearbook from pages 168 through 180, which the link should take you right to, I think, page 170. The yearbook is called Jabalaya. It's so good. <laughs> it's so great. I want to make Jambalaya now just because I know this. The yearbook used to be called Jambalaya. I don't know what it's called now. I really don't know what something it's called. Something worse than Jambalaya, it's obviously. something worse than Jambalaya. I have no idea what it's called now. In 1929, Tulane played in something called the Southern Conference. SoCon. Look at this fucking conference. This is not the SoCon, but look at this conference. 23 fucking teams in this one conference here. I'm just going to read all the teams in the same conference with Tulane at this fucking time in 1929. You got Tulane, Tennessee, North Carolina, Florida, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Georgia, VMI, Duke, LSU, Alabama, Clemson, VPI, which is Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, South Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, Washington and Lee, Ole Miss, I am not done yet. Mississippi A&M, which is Mississippi State. Sewanee, <laughs> NC State, and Auburn. All conference. in the same fucking conference. It's a great conference. Yes. So if you think the Big Ten is like, you know, oh, they're going to get 18 teams. That's a super conference. No, you're mistaken. This was done in 1929. Everything that is that is old is new, and everything that is new is old. So this History doesn't done- repeat itself, but it rhymes. It does. Uh, it's, like, it's, like, it's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> you like that? It's by George Lucas. It's like it's like poetry. It rhymes. You I'm sound like make, Kermit the Frog. I'm trying to make I'm trying to make a funnier character here. You George, also sound like George. Mac Brown. It's very very uncanny valley. Hey, hey everybody! I'm George Lucas. I'm George Lucas. <laughs> and I gotta, Kermit I gotta and get, Mac Brown. I don't I know where get, this came from. Sorry guys, I gotta get my X wing. I gotta go. Sorry guys. I'm not sorry, y'all. Coat. Sorry, y'all. I got a puffy coat. I got to go to Dagobah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I watched I watch Coaster Young Man on Dagobah. A very very nice young man. He was very good. A little small for his size, but very good. He tried, he tried to turn Yoda into a safety. A uh, tauntaun but... is not a puffy coat. I keep telling you, a tauntaun is not a puffy coat. It was nice It was nice and warm. I cut it open. <laughs> my friend my friend Han and I, we went to go find that young man, Luke. It was wonderful. I, I recruited Luke. I gotta let this go. Like Mike Brown, he was a Tulane head coach for a few years, and also the AD of Tulane in the mid '80s. So that's fun. Uh, it still relates to it. The head coach at the time was Bernie Bierman. Uh, he was a Minnesota alum. He was the football coach of Tulane from 1927 uh, to 1931 until Mama came calling. The Gophers came calling. His called his yearbook back. picture, by the way, from that year, I dropped it in the chat. His yeah. yearbook picture is absolutely amazing. It is. He great. is wearing some short shorts. A dark sleeveless undershirt. Yes. And it looks like boots. Yeah, I don't know what those are. It, it, I, that's what cleats must have looked like. Sure. I have no idea. It's it's New Orleans and it's it's football season. I don't care if he's wearing like a tank top or whatever. You need it to be because I'm sure it was hot as hell. I linked Tulane's uniforms down here in the uh, in the Google Doc that we have going on. So the one on the left is is Tulane's uniform in 1925. So you can see they they had their uh, olive and blue going on, uh, and then 1930 with they, Tron with Tron stripes. Yes, yes, they had Tron stripes. Tulane fights for the user. Yes, 
They do. <laughs> Insert Daft Punk music here. Uh, but, uh, you know, definitely. And then 1930, they changed it and they threw the number on it. So 1929's jersey was a little bit different. The stripes were actually, I guess you would say, um, parallel or parallel to the ground instead of vertical vertical lines vertical lines instead of horizontal as a large man i know what lines i need to avoid and the lines are vertical yes okay yes perfect look a water look a watermelon really fast perfect back to the watermelon and the alligator eating the watermelon for the gender reveal perfect tying it all together uh they were they were captained by somebody named bill banker uh bill banker i threw in his wikipedia there he was a prominent halfback for the tulane green wave football team from 1927 to 1929 he was leading he led tulane to the undefeated season in 1929 he was known as the blonde blizzard <laughs> due to his blonde hair and playing without a helmet 1929 this dude is still with playing without a helmet that's some impressive captain american cosplay by the way it's yeah I, I just assume that he looked at the helmets at the time and were just like, you know what? This is going to slow me down. I have a reference to that coming up in a little bit. I promise. Oh, okay. All right, perfect. So Bill Baker was kind of famous. He was featured as part of the All-American football team in 1930 in a Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers uh, feature movie called Maybe It's Love, starring 20-year-old <laughs> Joan Bennett and comedian Joe E. Brown. The Blonde Blizzard once held Tulane's school record for career scoring, career touchdowns, career rushing yards, touchdowns in a single game. He scored four, just like, you know, Al Bundy did for Polk High. Uh, Most rushes in a career, most rushes in a game, average yards rushing in a game. And Banker was a charter member of the Tulane Athletics Hall of Fame. He was elected to the College Football Hall of Fame in 1977 and also the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame in 1978. So Bill Banker, captain of your 1929 Tulane Green Wave. The team featured a veteran backfield of quarterback Dick Baumbach, (laughs) halfback Ike Armstrong, uh, fullback Fred Seawoos, and then Jack Pisano. Also, future Tulane football uh, legend, he was young at the time, he played a lot though, Jerry Dalrymple. The charter members of the Tulane Athletics Hall of Fame were Bill Banker, as I just mentioned, Bernie Bierman, the head coach, Jerry Dalrymple, also all on this 1929 team. All three are in the College Football Hall of Fame. There are also some more Tulane Hall of Famers on this team. You have Lowell P. Red Dawson, Harry <laughs> Harry C. Glover, and then you have E.C. Tick Upton. These names are just amazing. Gotta have more nicknames. We got more. We got more. We got more. I promise you. So there was one person that was on the team that didn't play. Uh, I wanted to count him on the team. His name is the Flying Dutchman. Banger. Donald Zimmerman, but he didn't play until 1930. He was technically on the team, but he didn't play until 1930. So let's go to the schedule. They beat the Northwestern State Demons 40 to 6. And then the next game, they played Texas A&M after leading 7 to 2 at the half. Tulane allowed the AM Aggies to le- take the lead 8-7. A pass from Ike Armstrong in the last quarter got a win after a safety. Tulane held on to win 13-10. Very weird score. They beat Mississippi State 34-0. This team also romped all over the Raging Cajuns 60 to nothing. I gotta Ooh. get another shot in at the Cajuns whenever I, I get a chance. That is his it. other is his other bias. It's pro ULM. Anti anti ULL and anti Louisiana Tech. Even though I love all your food, I just can't. You know, I, yeah, I can't support you guys. I got to be rivals. Uh, I mean, I also like pepperoni rolls. Here we are. 
Right. Yeah. See, the only thing that brings you two together is is trash talking Penn State, which apparently some of our Penn State followers they're like, we need to <laughs> we need to bring a Penn State person here. Danger says hi. We're on to the next game during the nineteen twenty nine game with Georgia Tech. Uh, Bill Banker, the blonde blizzard, wore a helmet onto the field, but uh, because Coach Bierman threatened to yank him out of the game. I, I I couldn't figure out why he wanted to yank him out of the game. I, I tried to figure it out. But the helmet slipped over his eyes as the Yellow Jackets were preparing the kickoff. <laughs> so Banker tossed the helmet to the sideline, and he was never taken out. So he basically called the coach's bluff. And the Green Wave won that game 20-14 to 14 over Georgia Hell Tech. Yeah. So, so just like, hey, you're going to throw me out the game? I'm going to sneak on the field with actually wearing a helmet. Do crimes. <laughs> I love the fact that, like, hey, no, I'm known for not wearing a helmet, but I can get on the field if I wear a helmet. In their toughest game of the year, the Green Wave defeated Georgia, the quote-unquote the conquerors of Yale, in Columbus, Georgia, 21-15, to twice coming from behind. The first score of the game was scored by Georgia by Vernon Catfish Smith. Nice. When That's he nailed cool. Bill Banker behind the line for a safety. After Tulane blocked the punt, Banker put in a touchdown for the lead. Tulane's second touchdown came on a 62-yard run from Mike Armstrong. Georgia's Smith uh, next caught a pass and went 20 yards to the goal. Georgia went ahead 15-14 after Ripper Roberts intercepted a pass and ran 60 yards for the touchdown. The best names ever. I, oh, I, name. I just had alliteration to... everywhere. It's I so love it. so good. Tulane won on an ensuing 80-yard drive, and Banker cashed in a two-yard touchdown run for the win. This was in the New York Times. Tulane turns back Georgia by 21-15, comes from behind twice to win before 15,000. Georgia scores first on safety. Banker stars for victors, makes two touchdowns, and kicks three extra points. Armstrong runs 65 yards to tally. And just that was the headline in the New York Times. The next game, Tulane played against Auburn. The best note about this game was all of the zer- all of the reserves got to play in the fifty-two nothing romp over Auburn. Oh God! Oh, oh God! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! The, dis- the disrespect! The disrespect of the the plainsmen. And this wasn't a huge this wasn't a huge team, by the way. Like no. Tulane didn't have a lot of people on the field, so if everyone got to play, they were going through everyone. Mm-hmm. It, I can it, only find like twenty five people that play on this team. This no, year. I mean if you look at the yearbook, there's not many. So like if everybody got to play, it's crazy. You would think the Flying Dutchman maybe made an appearance on that one. Yeah, um, God. <laughs> How do you keep the Flying Dutchman on the sideline? I don't know. You literally man. Can't. You can't. Spiritual powers say you cannot. He's flying. <laughs> he's flying and he's Dutch. Tulane then went on to beat Suwanee eighteen nothing. Uh, in the battle for the rag in the next week, Tulane shut out their rivals. The first touchdown came on a pass from Bill Banker to Armstrong. Jerry Dalrymple scored the next touchdown, snatching a pass from Armstrong and running more than half the field for the score. The final score in the in the game was when Preacher Roberts returned an interception for the final score. I, Not to be confused with Rich, with Ripper Roger uh, Roberts. Ripper Roberts, yes. no They're relations. Wonderful. Ripper Roberts played for Georgia. Preacher Roberts played for Tulane. That's also a banger nickname, though. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. I, I want to say something about this game, because I was looking up some stuff this afternoon, trying to find some more stuff for you. And every newspaper article I could find references that this LSU-Tulane game was absolutely nuts in terms of people going to this game. Going through the newspapers, because newspapers used to list, like, oh, what local people did on the weekend. Like, so-and-so went calling mm-hmm. to the LSU football <laughs> game with their friends. And it was nothing but everyone going to Baton Rouge for this game. Yes. It was. It everyone was, was going. It was nuts. So you're 
you're telling me that old timey newspapers were basically just Facebook. It was basically yeah. just Facebook. Yeah, yeah, it seems that way. You know, old timey newspapers, and, and, and it was just... it was a lot of like, oh, so and so went home for Thanksgiving this weekend. Like that's <laughs> that was like part of the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg invented the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Cool. It was called it was called the newspaper. The mm-hmm. newspaper. <laughs> that's right. Yep. So I was trying to figure out what happened after this season. So they're nine and zero, and I'm like, okay, nine and zero, Tulane, let's go. They list this year in their history. As being a Rose Bowl invitee. So I was like, okay. Like, why is that a big deal to be invited to the Rose Bowl? And I'm like, okay, but why would you mark that? And then, you know, going through history, the Rose Bowl was the only bowl game at the time. Like the Sugar Bowl, you know, the Sun Bowl, all the rest of the bowls that we're talking about, like the oldest ones that you can think of, like the the Orange Bowl, they they weren't around until like the the mid-1930s. So the Rose Bowl was the only thing going at the time. Being an invitee to the Rose Bowl was kind of a big deal. And and I'm like, well, why didn't they go? So I, I started digging here. Initially, it's 1929, and I, I started to wonder. I was like, could Notoriously it Notoriously good year for everything. That's right. That's right. You know, Herbert Hoover was in office. It's a lot of fun. I was like, 1929. I was like, could it have been the Great Depression that caused Tulane to forego, 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 uh, this Rose Bowl <laughs> invite in the popular mind, they seemed to crest all at once in, night, in October 29, the collapse of the stock market, which fell to pieces uh, by the end of the month, it lost uh, about uh, 40% of its total value. New Orleans at the time was the largest city in the South, one of the country's biggest ports and faced the, de- the depression almost immediately. So their last game against uh, LSU is in November. So that's basically about a month after the depression started. So I was like, okay, maybe this is what caused them not to go. So I started to dig further and further, and it, and it appears the depression was likely not the case. So that that's that's good, I guess. I started to figure out, like, okay, why didn't Tulane go to the Rose Bowl here? The teams that were in running for the Rose Bowl were Tennessee, Tulane, Pitt, and Purdue. Notre Dame, who were later declared the national champions, already defeated USC by one point. And they were ruled out by the Tournament of Roses Committee. USC was invited as the Pacific Coast Conference, which is nowadays the Pac-12, due to a cow loss late in the year. There was some newspapers debating that Knoxville, the Knoxville Times fought for the Vols, who were 6-0-1 in the Southern Conference, saying they were unbeaten in seven instead of Tulane being unbeaten in six. Oh, get the fuck out of here with Fuck out of here with unbeaten six zero and one. Fuck you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so the tournament of roses pick one loss Pittsburgh to go to Pasadena. So like Pitt already had a loss on their schedule, and Tulane sitting here unblemished. The two loss USC Trojans crushed the Panthers forty seven fourteen. Maybe they should have invited Tulane. Four years later, historian Park Davis selected Pittsburgh as outstanding nationwide team for nineteen twenty nine. Only one of 12 major selectors to do so. And so Pittsburgh claims a national championship on this basis. It is the policy of this podcast that you should claim it. Claim it. So you can't flame me for this. No, I am not flaming you for this. I'm telling you, Tulane, claim it. If Pitt claims this, you should claim 1929, Tulane. Claim it. Hey, hey, Knoxville, hey Knoxville newspaper, you're really going to say that a Tennessee team that tied Kentucky 6-6 six to 6? Six to, six to six, is the team you think should have gone to the fucking Rose Bowl? No, fuck no. You can't put that on there. We've just angered like 1929 Tennessee Hive 
Vols come fans, they're, come at me. They're going to come at you with the goal. Yeah, they're both very angry. Come at me. <laughs> Tulane wrapped up a 1929 season, which I feel like if there was another bowl game, if there was a Sugar Bowl game, if there was something there, Tulane would have had an opportunity to play it. And honestly, I feel like this team was was amazing just based off of their offense and everything of that nature. And they kind of got to show some of that in the 1931 game, but they did not have the blonde blizzard. So in the 1931 team, they did not have the blonde blizzard. I really think Tulane could have possibly pulled off that Rose Bowl and definitely laid claim to a championship, which I say they need to claim it anyway. I've thrown in some uh, 1929 Southern Conference champions photos here. You can see Beerman, and you can see the team like in their practice gear. There's a bunch of souvenir programs, which you can see. Nothing crazy yet. Greeny had not made an appearance. Yeah, I noticed that. These yeah. are good, but they're not like they're not no, Greeny good. Greeny didn't come in until later in their history. So Greeny was the one that had the mischievous little Tulane person fighting their their, their opponents in, in various different ways by like cooking tigers and, and whatnot. So these, these programs are rather tame, I would say. I did throw in the card for the Flying Dutchman, like an all-American oh, card. This. It is. I know he's not on the team, but I just wanted to just like throw that in there. I swear to God, Adam Sandler made that face in The Water Boy. It's I swear to God. It is just so good. It's just. It looks like he's wearing jeans. Like I know he's not, but yeah. is he though? No, I mean that's uh, a Tulane. That's the Tulane jersey. Like they were. Oh yeah, the pants. Those are no. Okay. I don't know about those pants though. They pants, look like blue jeans. Can look... you imagine playing playing college football in blue jeans? Maybe they're jorts. We can't tell. <laughs> he didn't play for Florida. This nineteen twenty nine team is is probably one of my ones that I, I wish they would get a little bit more recognition. I know it's nine and zero. There's some detractors that I've looked online. They're like, well, Tulane did not play any top 25 quality opponents. I'm like, there was no AP poll back in the day. I mean, they're they're beating A&M, like Mississippi State, Georgia Tech, Georgia, Auburn, Sewanee, and LSU. Are you telling me that none of these teams were good? They were all pretty good in the Southern Conference, if you look at the standings. Like, I mean, really, a lot of the teams were, were very, very solid, and, and it's just amazing what they – they put together, and this team is 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 going to be called the best team of all time for teams who are below 500 all time. Uh, I do want to shout out Valentino Ambrosio, the kicker for the 2020 2022. That's right. We're all doing the the uh, the finger thing. Maybe eventually we'll make him a graphic. He can put on a t shirt or something. <laughs> I threw in another picture of yes. The fly uh, Dutchman. Don, Zimmer, Don Flying Dutchman. I think he only made that face, or I think at least that top picture is based off this picture down here. Honestly, I mean, that that picture, I mean, that maybe if somebody's running at me making that face, I don't want to tackle that guy. Yeah, oh, I'm going to get know. out of the way. <laughs> was he actually Dutch? I don't know. He was he was born in he was born in Texas and grew up in Lake Charles. Yeah, I don't I don't know why he got the nickname the Flying Dutchman. That's basically the best team of all time for Tulane. Um, I, I love the Green Wave and that, you know, uh, my dad and I used to go to the games all the time. A lot of fun. And um fun researching this team and and going through all their history seeing all this this weirdness and claim claim this title too late i don't care administration if you listen to it claim it so i just went on wikipedia and i found 24 people who all share the nickname the flying dutchman <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot we of flying dutchman 
We have an American Hall of Fame jockey. We have an American baseball player. We, of course, have our uh, dear friend, Mr. Zimmerman um, from Tulane. Uh, we have a steamship captain, businessman, miner, and explorer in British Columbia and Alaska. I'm sorry, those are all the same person? Yes. Talk about a lot of modifiers. Uh-huh. And uh, my personal favorite is a former Dutch darts player. Okay, that makes sense. Yes, William Moore was a steamship captain, a businessman, a miner, and an explorer in British Columbia and Alaska uh, during most of British Columbia's gold rushes. <laughs> it looks like this dude had himself a life. <laughs> the most here. Just And when you're thinking like, oh, okay, well, what part of the Netherlands he was, was he from? He was from Prussia. <laughs> I mean, that's... So who's the flying Deutschman is what you're saying. <laughs> Well, he was born in 1825, so no, I don't think Germany was proclaimed yet. <laughs> no, God, they would have used they would have used Deutsch like that's they were Germanic peoples. They would have used that maybe. I don't know. Imagine having a unified Germany. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, I, I am definitely had, had a wild life. Had nine kids. This guy's a banger. Oh my God! No, he's a banger. True. Yeah, he is. Ao. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that's all we got for tonight. Thank y'all so much for listening. I appreciate it. Please join our Patreon. Support the Sickos Committee. We want to travel to see you in person, uh, no matter where you are, no matter what you, game you have. Gerald. You, Gerald. Hey, Gerald. I want to see you, Gerald. Who's Gerald? I don't know. Okay. Someone out there is going to be. in the Faroe Islands. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Gerald. Come on. Come to the Kibby Dome. That's come right. Gerald. Come to the Kibby Dome. I, I want to go to Pocatello, which is, is not the Kibby Dome, but still. Just support uh, what we can do. And we definitely do appreciate it. I, I do want to shout out uh, one of our, our favorite things that is going on for the uh, Shutdown Fullcast. They do their their yearly, uh, what is it, the, the fundraiser for New American Pathways, which we're, we're not affiliated with them directly. We grew out of them. We grew out yeah. of them. We, we're like a weird offshoot. We joined in into their Discord after, you know, the COVID 2020 things. And, you know, we're inviting you to join that Discord via our Patreon. And they're they're doing their Charity Bundy Bowl this week for New American Pathways to help uh, refugees get settled in uh, to the United States. And, and, you know, basically they invite you to donate based off of uh, your hatred for your rival. Donate the score of your rival that you defeated your rival this year. So, you know, just throw in some funds. We'll, we'll promote it a little bit on our Twitter account. Maybe if you're a Pitt fan, you donate $139. Yeah. is a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're a ULM fan like myself and you don't have too much money or anything of that nature, you could probably donate $21.17, you know, since ULM did defeat the Raging Cajuns this year in the Battle on the Bayou. So you're welcome to do something like that. You can donate, you know, any other ULM wins, which I, I, you know, there was only four this year. So, Uh, but, you know, again, pick your your favorite. Pick your favorite. $10 for each one. And if you're a Teal fan, like, pick a different school for this one. We always support Protect Trans Kids University. That's yeah, a good one. That's, that's a good one. They also have uh, Make Spencer Eat Cheese. And if you wanted to donate in our name, you can fill it in and put it in Sickos Committee. I mean, that that's fine. It's just a really great cause. And, I mean, this money goes to do wonderful things. Mm-hmm. So. It does. It's great. We just want to support that. Thank you so much for listening to us. And 
we'll, we'll definitely plug it on the Twitter account so it won't be coming out of left or right field for you folks. By the time you guys hear this, it will have been in full swing for a couple days. So oh, that's true. Yeah. Check See out the leaderboard. Um, shout out to the professional spreadsheeters. Um, and please be kind to the professional spreadsheeters if you do do any unique individual donations that are not in the drop down. Make sure you spell things correctly. It makes things easier for the spreadsheeters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Our uh, spreadsheeter, Kevin, really understands that when nobody has it knows how to spell Cincinnati when he does our poll. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he definitely understands what the spreadsheeter is going through in that situation. Okay, folks, that's what we got for tonight. We'll see you all next time.